You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And I'm Sherry Berger. And we are here today with Seth Fox. He is the curator of Musing, and we are also here with Laura Kelly. She is a storyteller in Musing, and we're talking about Musing, a storyteller series. This is Miscellanea, Volume 2. It's coming up on Wednesday, April 19th at 7.30 p.m. at the Blue Barn Theater, of course. Now, we've talked to Seth before about Musing. I think this is our very first time talking with Laura as at least a storyteller from Musing. And welcome, both yes, of you, welcome. on this early Easter yeah. morning. Thank you very much for Thank joining us. Thank you for having us. us. We are excited for this. We've been with Seth since the beginning of this project, and it has taken off. It's been successful pretty much ever since when you started it, and you started it during the pandemic mm-hmm. as well. And I'm so happy that it's been so successful for you. And right now you're doing Miscellanea Part 2. So you've already done a Miscellanea Part mm-hmm. 1. Mm-hmm. And now you're doing the Part 2. Do you want to talk a little bit about the miscellaneous? Yeah, absolutely. So... The first season of Musing, we staged four different events. Each event had its own specific theme. For example, our first event, the theme was Music, Movies, and Me, stories about the music and movies that shape us. Everyone has a favorite movie, a favorite song, a favorite album, etc. that maybe is the soundtrack for a very pivotal moment in their life or a special era of their life, or just a movie that, you know, for one reason or another, maybe they identified with, etc. That just seemed like a really logical way to launch the series because it's something everyone can relate to, right? And so with those Mm -hmm. themes in place, audiences could show up. They kind of had an idea as to, you know, uh, the types of stories they were going to hear, which was great. And had a lot of people, um, you know, respond to the call. And we had a lot of stories submitted, and it was it was wonderful. I was able to book the entire season basically within the first you know couple of months of the series, which was really exciting. And then I thought, well, nice. we should be casting a wider net because think about all the stories that are out there that don't fit these themes specifically. And so I thought, hey, why not just why not just throw a, a, a kind of a general call out there and see what kind of hits we get. And it's been incredible. People have stories that they want to tell about a variety of different subjects. But the trick this season is we're not letting the audience really in on on the themes that we're going to be covering or exploring. So that's been kind of fun. Oh, okay. It's like a surprise. Yeah, Yeah, kind of. Yeah. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about the process that, that you and Laura and the other storytellers go through to be able to create that story into something that that is even more engaging Mm -hmm. and is easier to tell how does that process go to to pick the stories and to actually direct them in in such a way that they can remember it and it's told in in a interesting Mm way well laura for example she submitted her pitch via email which is how um i think 99 percent of the pitches come in is via email um and uh, Laura, I think you also had a link to a video that you had made. Is that right? Or was it a TED Talk? Yeah, what was it? I, I had told my story a couple years ago. I was interviewed by a group that was collecting stories for the specific 
cardiac condition that I have. And so that had been recorded for for posting on their website and, and was shared on YouTube. And so I had sent you that. It was kind of an interview format, but mm-hmm. it gave you an idea of what my story would be if, if right. chosen for the project. Right. So then once, once that was submitted, I watched the video. It was, it was very compelling. It was a topic that, that, or a theme that we had never explored. Um, and so I was, I was fascinated by it from, from, from the get go. And then Laura and I had uh, a conversation via zoom about it and I was sold. Uh, She tells, she tells her story very, very well. She's very articulate. And also you have this sense of humor, Laura, that really appeals to me. It's kind of a wry sense of humor. And so, um, but maybe, maybe you can talk more about the process after that, after you were selected to be part of Musing. Yeah, it's been a yeah. it's been a really interesting process for me. My background in quote performance is um, I do community theater occasionally, and I was driving okay. to work and heard Seth talking about the project on on an NPR. Um, I think Mike Hogan, you know, live and local, yeah. I believe it was, and yeah. um, <clears throat> I was really drawn to just experiencing a new way to to share with an audience and I'd never tried storytelling. And so I was like, well, I have a story that was a pretty big deal that maybe would be what Seth is looking for. Um, So the process of working with Seth um, has just been really fascinating to me from the standpoint of it's very different from other types of performances because it's a personal story. Um, I tend to be a very verbal person. And when I write, I write um, with a lot of description. And so just that process of working through writing the story and then figuring out how to translate that into telling the story has been really interesting um, because how I might write it to share for someone to to read is actually different than how I would write it to share verbally. And so that's been a really neat process. It's been good for me, even as a writer, to hone in on getting rid of the extraneous details and presenting it in a way that can draw the audience into my experience. And I feel like Seth has really helped me a lot with that, has, has always, always affirmed to me that it's my story and any suggestions that he makes to me, I can either take or leave, which is really nice. But it has been really a neat experience um, for me to, to tweak it over the months that we've worked on it. And I think I finally have it in a format that I'm really excited to share. Now, you said you wrote this, of course. Is this, uh, have you had a lot of experience with writing before, or was this sort of your first big sort of writing project? I mean, I've always liked to write. I haven't done any writing professionally mm-hmm. necessarily. Back in the day when blogging was a thing, I had a, a blog for oh. my teaching, my, my Montessori classroom that I wrote for quite a while. So, I mean, I, I like to write, but it's definitely okay. not something I do professionally. So, so sure. writing a story, a personal story, um, with the intention of sharing it, yeah. is a newer, a newer thing for me. I'm, I'm curious. Do you journal for yourself on a regular basis? Is that kind of does that keep you in practice? Or honestly, it, I don't. I'm it, kind of a journaling wannabe, uh, but I it never takes. What I, <laughs> what I tend to do is the the writing that I do have done the most frequently over my adult life um, is when there's like something that 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 is a very emotional experience for me. I tend to write poetry around that. 
but that's very sporadic. Mm. It's kind of at those moments where I've, I've experienced loss or angst or, you know, grief where it tends to want to pour out of me in poet, in a poetic form. Um, so nope, I'm not a journaler. <laughs> so how did this whole process go for you as far as is verbalizing it. So is this basically a script that you've written and Seth has helped you kind of make it more accurate to the way that you want to perform it? Or how, how does that process go, the actual performing process? Well, I think I'll, I'll share my perspective and I'm guessing Seth might want to jump in. At, from the beginning, Seth, Seth said that storytellers have different ways that they that they pull together their story in preparation for performing it. Um, and some prefer to write it out like you would be, you know, writing sentence after sentence after paragraph, and some may, may have a different format. For me, it made sense to write it out like a story. And so I did that and shared it with Seth, okay. um, and he gave me feedback. And then um, we had a couple of rehearsals, just the two of us virtually, where I would read or present the story and make tweaks over time. And so I don't think of it as much of it as a script, but for me, having it written out just helped me get my thoughts straight. And for my story in particular, the, the chronological sequence of it, there's an interesting aspect to that because of how I experienced the story. And so helping Seth, and I really worked hard on figuring out what part of the story to tell when, because, you know, not, not to share too much, but I, I had a pretty sure. traumatic health event. It was a full cardiac arrest caused by a condition that I didn't know I had. Um, and there's a lot of the story that I don't personally remember because it had to be told to me because I wasn't conscious to remember it. So figuring out how to tell that and sequence that was something we worked pretty hard on, on figuring mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it is different yeah, for, for each sure. storyteller. I marvel at the storytellers who consistently tell their story each time we rehearse, but then tell me, oh, I've just got these bullet points in my head and I just know where to go, like mile markers. I know where to go next. Oh, wow. Because that's just not the way I'm built or wired. And I think maybe, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm more the, the same style, you know, I approach it with the same style as Laura does. I have to write it out. And I think part of that too is just being you know, raised as a theater kid too, you know, is that it helps me sure. if I can almost look at it as a monologue, you know, yeah. but the trick of that That's is, as, as Laura was saying, it's really, really easy to get caught up in maybe the sentiment of it or editorializing or, um, and it, it, it kind of, the story then kind of digresses into more of a, an essay you know, if you kind of go off the rails that way. Okay. But really, it's just about sticking to the action versus stating your opinion or your conclusion, you know, of, of mm -hmm. you know, maybe that you've arrived at in hindsight, you know. Um, but right. Laura is, is a very gifted writer. And I do encourage her to write because she really does have a very specific, very conversational narrative voice. And that translates so well into the way that she she tells her story because you would never know that it was written down. It's just, she's using mm -hmm. the language that Laura uses when she speaks. And that's, that's a talent. Yeah. And when you've got three other storytellers, so you'll be doing four stories. Mm -hmm. So what is next for you on this? So 
you're you've gone with this miscellanea is that going to continue mm-hmm. the the intrigue the mystique and intrigue of the the stories or i don't i i like i like the idea of sort of keeping it under wraps i really like that idea a lot i am finding that there is definitely a hunger for storytelling in omaha and there are different storytelling groups in Omaha that I've reached out to for sort of, you know, cross promotion purposes. But storytelling, I thought coming into this, having being a fan of the Moth Radio Hour, which is sort of, you know, the staple, which is sort of the standard, you know, mm-hmm. the storytelling had to be sort of presented in a certain way. And that storytelling had to check certain boxes and that there had to be a certain structure to it. But what I'm finding is that's just, that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people who have a story about an occurrence, you know, which is, which is great. Almost like a, 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 a Raymond Carver story where it's almost just this snapshot, you mm-hmm. know, and there's no, it's maybe it's told in a linear fashion, but you're kind of dropped into the action and at the end, you're left with a sort of conclusion, but there's still some what ifs and there's still some questions lingering. And um, then there are stories that sort of span an entire era in someone's life, maybe covering years, mm-hmm. you know, versus just a specific occurrence. Right. Everybody has their own idea of what a story is and what it sounds like. And I've learned to just really step away and just allow the storyteller to approach their story Um you know, in their own in their own fashion and staying true to their own style. Like Laura said, I, I'm not heavy handed. You know, I mm-hmm. I want them to always remember that they have ownership of their story. Right. You know, musing just gives them a platform. Mm-hmm. You know, musing just, you know, I think we can all agree that that this is becoming more and more true that when we're in conversation, many of us have forgotten that we're having a conversation in order to, to understand one another versus waiting for a beat so that we can reply yes. and you know and musing allows somebody 10 to 15 minutes on a stage in front of 100 strangers you know mm-hmm. to just be heard right you know and connections are still made that way you know like like my mom my mom likes to say she hasn't missed one one uh, event and you know they come all the way from grand island for them you know <laughs> but she says when we're in the midst of that event i feel like I'm sitting in a room with, you know, 100 of my closest friends, but perfect strangers, because there's just this connection that's established. That's really All of this to say, I don't know what the future holds for music, <laughs> but I do know after, after, after having done, you know, two seasons of it, mm-hmm. I have a better understanding of what storytelling is nice. and what it can be and what it doesn't necessarily have to be. Yeah. And yeah letting go of that idea that, you know, well, it has to be like the moth and it has to, mm-hmm. it doesn't, right. It, it, it definitely doesn't, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I think that, that um, trying to, to, you know, hold the project up to that standard, I think maybe in some ways that that might keep people from pitching, you know, maybe my story is not good enough. Yeah. Maybe it's not mm-hmm. what you're looking for or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And again, all that to say, I have no idea what the future holds for it. I would love to do another season um, where we go with it. Yes. 
sky's, yeah, the, who sky's knows? the limit. For sure. Like. sure. Sky's the limit. Yeah. Right, exactly. Exactly. I learn a lot from the storytellers, too, about what direction to take it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I would think that this process makes the storyteller even learn more about themselves um, and as well. Maybe there's something that comes out that they didn't even realize they weren't acknowledging consciously. But after mm-hmm. they're putting the story together for someone else to listen to, they find maybe another piece of something they weren't thinking about. Mm-hmm. Did you experience that, Laura? Have you experienced that? My story involves a, a very catastrophic, potentially, you know, life-ending health event. And I have told the factual pieces of that story over time, you know, just incidentally coworkers or whatever. And what I've recognized is that I almost have this, I've had this um, emotional distance from it when I tell the story like, oh yeah, this, this kind of big deal thing happened to me, but I'm fine. And, mm-hmm. and I think that what has been really cool for me um, in this process, it's almost, I feel like it's a cathartic process for me almost around this. It's not that I have yeah. stuffed emotion around it, but I, I also feel like I have I think this will allow the story to have the weight that it truly had has in my life um, by presenting it in this way. Um, I hope I'm articulating that in the way that it's it's a little hard to articulate, but I feel like this is allowing the story to live in this way um, is going to be really cathartic for me, and and we'll just acknowledge the story at, and the significance of it. I guess is the best way to put it. And I think, I think to your point, it's, it's one of those things, you know, there are different versions of your story out there because there's the, you know, meeting my bestie at the coffee shop version. There's the, mm-hmm. I'm posting this on Facebook version. Mm-hmm. There's the, I mean, there are all these different, there's, there's the version you're going to write out more in journal form. And then there's mm-hmm. the version that you tell in front of a live audience, Yeah, you know, yeah. I think getting in touch with your emotions is more of the telling my story in front of a live audience. Oddly enough, being so vulnerable, really, though, and exposing yourself yeah. in front of it. Yeah. Well, in matter of speaking, yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah emotionally. I, there's a true, truly uh, a huge vulnerability to sharing a story. And even if you've had experience on a stage like I have, just this is a whole, a whole nother thing. And it's, it's funny because I, I was drawn to it, like I said, because I wanted to experience another way of presenting or performing, or it's not really a performance, but just, you know, another, another part of that genre of art. And then after I pitched it to Seth, my partner and I were talking and he's like, you know, this could be really kind of emotional for you. And I'm like, Oh, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> like, as if that didn't even occur to me because it kind of didn't. But um, yeah, there's, there's definitely vulnerability in presenting any story. Mm-hmm. And for me in particular, this is probably, I'm, I'm sharing some of the most vulnerable parts of the story with strangers, which yeah. is, you know, not a small thing, no, I guess. No, right. it's a little scary. Well, and you had mentioned you had, you had talked about it um, just a little bit before uh, with, uh, with a different group um, about your, your, your medical uh, event and... Um, but what what prompted you to to want to come to Seth and the musing uh, format and say, hey, I would like to 
to tell this story here? Or, or did, did your partner maybe say, hey, maybe you should do that? Or did a friend or somebody? Or what, what sort of um, prompted was- you to do that? It was truly a prompting just from from hearing that interview that you did with Live and Local and just being really intrigued by storytelling. And I guess then the the first thing that popped in my head was, oh, I have that that's that one thing that happened to me that I could tell. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That one kind of big deal. It sounds like it could be a big deal. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and honestly, I will, I will be honest. I I echo what um, Seth said about people questioning whether their story is quote good enough or what you're looking for. I mean, I had no idea really when I pitched it to Seth, I thought, well, it may or may not be something that, that, that would fit with what he's looking for. So I really, I didn't know, but I also knew that it was a story that when I do tell it, even in those little, like you said, you know, all those different little ways that you may share the story. Yeah. Um, I know from people's feedback that they, they always react to it pretty, pretty significantly. Like, Oh my gosh, you know, where to me, since it happened to me, I've sort of minimized the, oh my gosh, factor of it. Right? Sure, <laughs> sure. So, so I thought it might be something that would fit, <clears throat> excuse me, um, yeah. what Seth was looking for, but I didn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, Interesting. Had you written it out or, or, or blogged it out at all before you approached him or uh, no, did you just I sort really of, hadn't. Okay. yeah, I really hadn't. I mean, during, um, February, the heart health month, you know, I usually kind of always share some information just, um, you know, about it in a, in a pretty general way, but no, to write it out the way that I did for this project, I had not done that ever. So someone who is interested in doing this is, it doesn't necessarily, even though a performing arts background like yours, Laura helps, but they don't necessarily need to have a performing arts background to do this. Yeah, we tried to make that as clear as possible yeah. from 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 the very very start mm-hmm. that you know these are not people getting up and acting. You you don't have to be right. a seasoned yeah. public speaker um, in order to participate in this. Um, and uh, and that 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 is still something that I that I like to remind people of. Um, you know, when we kind of put the call out there for new stories, mm-hmm. is you know we had. Um, we had a storyteller last season who is uh, a retired pediatrician, um, and she probably could have told a million different stories just about her experiences as a pediatrician, yeah. you know. Yeah. But there was one story that she had always wanted to tell, and she got up and she told it, and in that sense, she kind of got her fix, <laughs> and that was it, you know. Oh, okay. And uh, she was. She worked on the story for over a year wow. um, because when she originally pitched, um, her pitch wasn't wasn't actually selected for for the for the event that she had pitched for. Um, but we did end up, you know, using her uh, later on that season because her story was one of those that that fit a couple of different themes, you know. Okay. And um, so we were we were able to use her, you know, later on um, in the in the series. Um, and she was she was outstanding, but again, this will probably be the only time that she yeah. gets up and tells this story. Mm-hmm. Now it's memorialized. You know, we we record every performance, and she got to tell the story the way that she wanted to tell it. 
with a little bit of, you know, tweaking and feedback from me. Um, but, um, but yeah, otherwise, no pediatrician, she had never done public speaking before, you know, in this, in in this sense, you know, um, yeah. But what what also I wanted I wanted to mention too earlier we were kind of talking about yeah. this. What's really great about this too is that you know like Laura said she's 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 getting up in front of a a room full of people and being very very vulnerable, you know, yes. and opening herself up to these people. And I think there I'm sure there are people out there who are like I I could never do that. You know, I could I could never be so vulnerable in front of other people or why would anybody want to be that vulnerable in front of other people? Well, let me tell you, it's really interesting because you the way that you view perfect strangers is is definitely um affected you know you you can be out in public you know passing a hundred different people on a busy day down on the old market or a farmer's market or whatever wherever it may be and there are a hundred different stories passing you by all of these different experiences you know don't take don't make assumptions just based on, on on outside appearances. Don't make assumptions just based on how somebody looks on a resume. Don't make assumptions just because of the color of someone's skin or their gender, sexual orientation, whatever. There are a million stories floating around out there that kind of level that playing field. You know, we can all connect and we can all um, uh, empathize. We can all, um, that's the word I'm looking for here. Mm-hmm. Um, relate, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah. and it, it really does. It kind of, kind of changes your view of other people. You know, yeah. we really are just having a human experience here. We're doing the best we can for mm-hmm. better, or for worse, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what I love yeah. about, about this, this t- uh, storytelling series that you're doing. I, and I'm so glad that you're continuing it and it's been so successful and it's still free, mm-hmm. right? There's still, f- the tickets are free. And then you can, Absolutely. if you can't go to it, you can watch it on YouTube. I think. Is it yeah, the, yeah. The the Blue Barns YouTube channel. Uh, we always oh, post okay. it, um, usually a week or two after the event, mm-hmm. um, on the on the Blue Barn channel. And I mean, the events they sell out so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there we always have a waiting list at the door the night of the show. That's great. And um, you know, so far we haven't had to turn anybody away you know we 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 make room that's great. you know mm-hmm. um but yeah that's just such a good feeling you know it's just knowing be, that yeah yeah we're filling every seat it's standing room only it's just yeah. such a great feeling yeah well really and, and I, I can't imagine mm-hmm. as a performer laura of course you've done performing before you, you've worked in theater before but this is this is not I'm, you know, the kind of theater I'm sure that you have done before, uh, because it's so, so very personal. And, um, and now you know that, you know, the room's going to be full. And, uh, cause this is all I'm thinking, this, this is coming to me as an actor. I just have to and, say, uh, I would be terrified. And, <laughs> and, and I, I, I've not done this before, although I, I think one of these days I'm going to try to write something for this, but, but we'll, we'll see what I pick. But what would you pick? I, I have no idea, but, um, <laughs> Being a member of the Jolly Rogers. I can't imagine. Um, <laughs> I cannot imagine. That would be good. Because it's coming up here within the next couple of weeks. It's April 19th. Um, does, does this feel different? Because you you prep for shows before. You know what that's like. You've done that. It, uh, it, uh, this has got to feel different. as Just as a performer, this has got to feel different approaching this. And 
I don't know. Is it? Are you excited about it, or are you sort of nervous about it, or <laughs> or or do you know how to feel about it yet? I mean, she wasn't nervous <laughs> until we asked her if she was going to be nervous. Or did I just bring up a bunch of stuff that you were trying not to <laughs> no, think you, about? <laughs> now you get it. No, I think that um, when I'm speaking about it to to friends and family, I. I am both excited and terrified. Yeah. <laughs> so terrified might be rewarding it a little strongly, but yeah, I think it, you're, you absolutely are, are right. Um, it's very different from, you know, I re most recently I was in a show in Red Oak. Um, and so that was just a play. I had to memorize lines, you yeah. know, it was mm -hmm. someone else's script and, you know, you want to get that right mm -hmm. and you don't want to mess up your, you know, your cast members yeah. by, botching your lines um so obviously there's that that level of stress for that type of performance sure. and for this that part feels a little more relaxed because it's my story and even mm. though i want to make sure i i hit the whole sequence and and don't leave anything out um it that part feels different and not as as stressful i guess um right. in terms of memorizing verbatim right sure i can um, see that but i think the thing that feels um the scariest part is what we've already talked about is just mm -hmm. is just being that raw and vulnerable and yeah. telling something that um you know just some some real vulnerable parts of that story um and i it's hard to anticipate right now how that you know, I think the biggest fear is like, gosh, am I going to lose it emotionally on stage, which I don't think I will. But yet, you know, um, there I I would be shocked if I if I don't, have you know, have quite quite a genuine emotional response for sure within that storytelling, even though I'm I'm pretty confident I can do it in a way that's not going to disrupt the story. Um, right. Just the idea of of what it's going to bring up the telling of it to a live audience. Um, yeah, definitely. That, that feels like a courageous, brave and scary thing to do. <laughs> it, it is, it is very yeah. much so. Um, yeah, especially a big sort of emotional health event mm -hmm. that, that you, you know, may or may not have been able to come out of, but of course you did cause right. we're, we're talking to you. Mm -hmm. I would think that yeah. would be, um, very difficult to really sort of break it down and and uh, and be completely honest about everything that did and could have happened. Well, I really look forward to it. I think it's going to be really, it's, and, and it always is a really amazing experience yes. to, to see people um, and hear people and their stories. So we are wishing you all all breaking all of the legs, <laughs> even though it's a real story. So I don't know if that technically counts. But <laughs> wishing you all the luck. Um, I know it'll Thank go you. fantastic. And we really appreciate yes, you talking to us today about it because we're excited yeah. for you that this is just going yeah. so well. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, we I just appreciate yeah. you've been so generous with your time and helping get the word out about music. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Oh, thank we love you. it. We love it. Yes. We love yeah. what you're doing. Thank you. Absolutely thank love you. it, for yes. Doing what creatives do and uh, really bringing something unique, yeah, to it. So I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Real people, real stories, and they're 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 writing it themselves. With of course uh, an amount of help depending on the person from Seth, mm -hmm. and um, maybe a little, maybe a lot. We don't know. And uh, yeah, I it depends on the storyteller. I, right? I think it's awesome, and I I, I think it's needed. 
And and like you said, you pass a hundred people a day, and you don't know. You never. We never quite think about everything that goes on. And I think this is one of those ways that we can kind of connect with that idea of, yeah, you don't know what's going on right below the surface mm-hmm. of every single solitary person you pass. Yeah. Correct. And I love the cassette Correct. tape that you use for your, for your logo for this. <laughs> yes. As an 80s child, I appreciate it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, mixtapes were all the rage. <laughs> I, I mean, oh my I, God, yes. My, my best yep. friend and I used to, used to set up you know, for hours, hours at a time, and we would make mixtapes. Yes. And ours were, yes. you know, we we tried to make them seamless, and you know, so one song would blend into the yes. other, and they all had a theme. Sometimes they had a theme, sometimes they didn't. Um, and so I sort of thought of Miscellanea as a sort of mixtape. Mm-hmm. You know, it's wonderful. Um, I love so it. So that, that's where we came up with the graphic. Yeah. No, I love it. <laughs> Young people today need to know what that is. The old so mixtape, man. <laughs> right? That's really yeah. good. Right? Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. I love it. Well. <laughs> thank you so much to yes, Seth thank Fox. You. Thank you so much to Laura Kelly. Seth Fox, of course, is the curator of Musing. And uh, Laura Kelly is, of course, a storyteller in this current Musing. And this current Musing that's coming up is going to be called Musing, a Storyteller Series, Miscellanea, Volume 2. And that is coming up at the Blue Barn on Wednesday, April 19th at 7.30 p.m. Admission is free, but reservations are encouraged. Mm -hmm. Because as Seth said earlier, it is always a full house. There are usually people waiting. So make sure to reserve your seat, your free seat. And does that happen at bluebarn.org? There's a link there for the seating or... Um, there's a, there's an Eventbrite link, um, but yeah, you can, you can also just, just get a hold of the theater, um, directly, but you know, again, we're already sold out for this event. So if you want to, if you want to see it, come to the show the night of, get on the waiting list. I'm sure we'll be able to find room for you. If not, just wait for the video to drop, Mm -hmm. but either way, check us out. Chris, you need to pitch a story. I need to think of something. Uh, yeah. I think it yeah. needs to be a pirate yeah. story. I don't think so. I love a pirate story. <laughs> I've never had a pirate story. Yeah. See, a lot of that fun. stuff is not fit for public consumption. <laughs> it really isn't. I don't want to get you guys in trouble. Or myself in trouble. Um, he doesn't... Yeah. He doesn't want people to know, huh? Uh, no, or, or, or the authorities. So we'll just say that. <laughs> but I, I want to make sure to mention that, of course, Laura Kelly is one of your storytellers, as is Elena Reeves, as is Jessica Corgi, and Timothy Guthrie. And yeah. uh, all four, right. of course, as you say, four storytellers, four true stories, one night only. So thank you guys so yes, much. Yes, thank you so much. And good luck. Thank I you. know you're going to do great. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you next time on the Platte River Bard. <laughs>